0: Hello, everyone. Pastor Cooper here, and welcome to The Midweek, uh, one of CFC's kind of podcast episode stylings in our CFC podcast channel. Um, This is simply just an opportunity for myself, Pastor Mark, and other guests to talk more um, from our Sunday messages or from other cultural moments that are happening and to do so from a biblical perspective. Well, right now, um, we just started a summer series in the month of June, for the rest of summer, in the Book of Romans. And so we're going to be doing a lot of just unpacking more of what Paul is saying to the church in Rome and just some of the deep theological things that are there. So throughout this summer, we're going to be talking more and more about the book of Romans, unpacking some of those real deep theological nuggets that are there. And so we are excited about this. Uh, We might have some other little kind of episodes here and there throughout the summer. But I want to also say we have scripture journals and other journaling methods um, for you to use just to help dive into the Book of Romans during this series. We're calling it The Simple Gospel. That's the Book of Romans, The Simple Gospel, and how Paul really gives that theme throughout his entire letter. So, um, yeah, so coming up, here is this week's episode. Well, hello, Pastor Cooper here and Pastor Mark. Hello, everyone. And we're back in the saddle. Yes, we are. Yeah, doing, doing the old podcast, which has been kind of a nice break. There's a lot of stuff happening, but... We're also excited to get back into doing some more podcasts, especially in our study of Romans. Yes, we are. Simple Gospel, the title in it. Yeah. So, yeah, so I think we might just dive right in Mm -hmm. um, just into this topic about Romans, but I think just even off the top is just getting some context for why Paul is writing this, where at kind of in his missionary journey is he... In this process, um, just kind of get some of that kind of groundwork there to kind of. I always love hearing that stuff. Kind of makes the text come alive a little bit. Right. This is because these are real people yep. doing real things, not yes just a are. story um, about that. But so, kind of give us a little groundwork context of where we're at, um, where Paul is at writing this. Maybe some events that have led up to this. Maybe because mm-hmm. we know the end of the story, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> he dies. Yeah. <laughs> but like, what happens even after writing this letter and all that stuff? So yeah.
1: Well, historically, I think um, when we study things and pull, you know, moments from other books like Acts and Galatians and 1 Corinthians and things Mm -hmm. like that, um, we start to get a picture that Paul is probably on a little bit of a break in the city of Corinth, somewhere around AD 57, and in that time, he's writing uh, the book of Romans Mm -hmm. to the church in Rome while he's waiting for an offering to kind of get compiled from the churches in the Eastern Mediterranean, which would have all been kind of like modern day Turkey today. Mm -hmm. Uh, Those churches were all kind of gathering an offering together to help the church in Jerusalem that was going through some challenges and I think a famine and some, Mm -hmm. just some struggles there. So he was compiling a offering that we can read about in Galatians and Philippians and other things. So, He's getting that together, and then he's going to head to Jerusalem and uh, disperse that offering to the elders there and Mm -hmm. to probably Peter and James and John and just kind of let them have a gift from the churches in the Eastern Mediterranean. And then we know historically that it's kind of at that time that Acts records for us that he is arrested, Yeah, and he... um, is in process of being kind of like convicted in a way and in sort of a pseudo Mm -hmm. um, kind of uh, law way, but they didn't really have courts and stuff like that. He's before Festus, and he just appeases to Rome. He appeases to Caesar, and um, Festus said, well, we probably could have let him go, but since he's appealed to Caesar...
0: And right. that that was a
1: Roman thing. If you appeal yeah. to Caesar, so he's a Roman was, citizen. Yes, he's a Roman citizen. Yeah. So if you if you appeal to Caesar, it would be similar to our Supreme Court. If we went to the highest court, you know, mm-hmm. and said, "Hey, I, w- I want to take my case to the Supreme mm-hmm. Court. Right. I, I think these other courts didn't get it right. So I want to appeal to the Supreme Court." That's mm-hmm. what he's saying. I want to appeal to Caesar. So I want I want to I want to go to the highest place, and I want to make my case known. And so that's kind of what he's doing. And there's probably a, um, the subplot here would be Paul always wanted to go to Rome. Right. And the subplot would be that he's always wanted to present the gospel to Caesar and to the known world, to to wherever the largest amount of people are and to where he's Mm -hmm. never been as well. That's like a big part of Paul's heart and mind is I want to take the gospel to those You know, those fringe places, Mm -hmm. those places that have never heard the gospel. So you see him always on his missionary journeys finding someplace new that's never heard the gospel. And I think that's why he wants to go to Rome, too. That um, church history tells us that most likely Paul and Peter and the other apostles didn't go to Rome, even though there was a prominent church in Rome and Mm -hmm. a group of Bible-believing you know, followers of Jesus Christ, most likely because... The Jews had a fairly large population of people in Rome that just did business there. And it was a good place to profit and mm-hmm. grow. And they would take, you know, they probably learned about Jesus in the synagogue somewhere else around mm-hmm. the world, whether that was in Jerusalem or in the Eastern Mediterranean mm-hmm. somewhere. And they just ended up in Rome, you know, doing business and trade and and spreading the gospel. Just yeah. kind of like grassroots marketplace. Yeah. Um, person-to-person conversation about who this Jesus, the Messiah, might be and then proving it with mm-hmm. Old Testament law and the right. prophets. Right. And and then people in the synagogue going, oh, my gosh, yeah, that's totally true. Yeah. That's got to be true. He's fulfilled all of the law and the prophets, so he is the Messiah. And mm-hmm. um, And so it just started a church there, and so naturally yeah. Paul's writing a letter to the church, And um, even though he's never visited it, which was not unlike Paul, that's Colossians Mm -hmm. is that way. He never went to Colossae. He never took the gospel to Colossae, yet he wrote to them Mm -hmm. because Epaphras was a disciple of his. And Mm -hmm. so he's just helping Epaphras out. And so probably the case, same case is happening here, even though we don't have that written in the letter like we do in Colossians. And so Paul's going to talk to the church in Rome. And what's really interesting is, and what we have talked about and. Um, developed as our theme for our series is what Paul majors on mm-hmm. is the simple gospel. He's literally kind of just, the book of Romans is literally reads like a, a theological layout of what the gospel is. Mm-hmm. And so uh, that's what he's doing. He's really presenting in a, in a longer form and in a longer way. This is the gospel of Jesus Christ. Yeah. And that could be too, because they didn't, it may be longer, because they didn't have someone that was with them. You know, remember, Paul was in Corinth for a year and a half or more, just getting to mm-hmm. talk and preach about that all the time. So they had a resident teacher like Paul to fill in all the cracks and in things in their theology. They didn't have that in Rome, maybe. Right. And so he's writing a longer letter to kind of give yeah. them a really holistic view. And understanding I mean, would, of what the gospel was. It would cost a was. lot of
0: money to write this
1: letter. Yes. I mean, yeah. that's a lot yeah, of scrolls. Yeah, yeah it is. <laughs> yeah, and, it's not a,
0: not a cheap endeavor. Yeah. And thing, and you know. time yeah. and just the ability to, you
1: know, dig in and yeah. listen to the Holy Spirit every day.
0: Yeah. I think what's cool too is it brings in that historical notion of all roads lead to Rome. Yeah. And really, that's, that's the truth of it, right? At this mm-hmm. time, Rome is one of the most connected cities of all of history. Oh, yes. And you just see like how the gospel has come to Rome because yeah. there's so many people, mm-hmm. and it starts in Acts two, mm-hmm. where there was people from Rome that were in Jerusalem, and then Pentecost yep. happens, and they're like, "Wow!" Like, yep. And that message just tread like wildfire. Yeah, and it just went, you yeah. know. And then as other as other cities are letting this message and this truth happen, the roads are still connected to Rome, and so I think it's just a cool thing, like you said. He never made it to Rome. He's a Roman citizen. It's like his homeland, so to speak. Like that's right. where like he kind of has his citizenship. He's never been there. Right. But yet like what is so true to him, just the gospel of Jesus Christ has already reached Rome. Yeah. Already reached his homeland. It's already evangelizing people. And he's mm-hmm. like, Oh, this is pretty cool. Yeah. You know, like it's a cool thought to even think about how powerful the gospel is.
1: Right. And exactly what you just said is true because of verse eight in chapter one as well that says, First I thank my God through Jesus Christ for all of you because your faith is being reported all over the world. So now yeah. it's gone full circle. Yeah. Not only has the gospel gone there, but now they're hearing yeah. the go- about the gospel from Rome. Mm-hmm. So it's really,
0: yeah.
1: and you're right, because Rome was the center of the world at the mm-hmm. time and where so much money and business was mm-hmm. coming in and out of, you know, I mean, yeah. honestly, everybody wanted to be in Rome mm-hmm. where they could make a good living and yeah. everything that was, you know, mm-hmm. uh, great about the world was happening mm-hmm. in Rome. I mean, all of yeah. the d- d- technological discoveries were happening in Rome. Mm-hmm. I mean... Probably nobody else around the world had, you know, a sewer system and things like that. All of those things were prevalent in Rome. Mm-hmm. All of these things that were very, very, you know, cutting edge were happening in Rome. So you kind of wanted to be there. And because there were, there would be so many people coming in and out of Rome trading from all over mm-hmm. around the entire world, um, you would just hear the gospel. Yeah. And it would just, if you went to Rome to, Sell your goods, and you got saved, Mm -hmm. and you came to believe in Jesus. You'd take it home,
0: yeah,
1: and you'd talk about Jesus with your family and friends back home, yeah. And so now that's being reported. Yeah, it's just the gospels just spreading like wildfire, and people are getting baptized in the Holy Spirit. I'm assuming, and and He's the Holy Spirit's empowering them to just preach the gospel all over the place, and yeah. So
0: that's what we're seeing. It's kind of cool. Like we were talking earlier in Acts 18, there's this mention of Priscilla and Aquila. Right. Being essentially yes. kicked out of like yep. Rome. Mm-hmm. They say Italy, but it could be basically Rome. Yeah. Um, and they meet up with Paul in Corinth. They didn't know each other. They met. Right. And they're Christians yep. coming from like Rome. And Paul's yeah. like, hey, hey, like, yeah, what's right. up, man? Yeah. We're and, speaking the same language. Right. And then they have the similar trade. <laughs> yeah. So they both makers. know yeah. how to
1: be tent makers. Yeah. So they connect they have an affinity yeah um of being able to make make a living together yeah. by doing that and then be able to preach yeah. the gospel where we and are then
0: what's not noted is they make a circus tent right? and they make the world's largest circus <laughs> and it's just amazing yeah not- and we know of all the animals that were in Rome so this is totally making and they, sense and it was 2 yeah. by 2 they got every animal into their <laughs> circus and they trained them all not nah, sorry that's heretical pastor cooper <laughs> But it sounds like a really good Bible story. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 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 Um, well, so let's kind of go into the theme of this series, the simple gospel. You kind of yeah. mentioned that's what Paul mm-hmm. is doing in this in this letter to the, the church in Rome. He's just preaching the simple gospel. It's a yeah. long letter, mm-hmm. but he just keeps breaking down what the good news is. So you mentioned on Sunday a, a short definition of what is the gospel and even what is the greek word it means good news mm-hmm. and, but just kind of give us again a little bit more of a base of what the gospel is and what right. we're going to be kind of yeah. working with through the series so we tried to make a simple definition and
1: we'll keep we'll keep talking about this that the simple definition is the gospel is jesus crucified and risen to set me free i would say that is like a simple form of the gospel and a simple thing that is kind of communicated in all of Paul's mm-hmm. letters, Peter's letters, James, John, they all mm-hmm. kind of like, I think the what we talked about earlier was the gospel, the, the word actually means good news. And so mm-hmm. it, it's a little bit of a challenge because yeah. it's very, very broad. We're talking yeah. about a very, anything could be good news, right? Um, so when you talk about the gospel being good news, it will be connected throughout the New Testament to mean all kinds of things mm-hmm. about the good news of what God's doing, what mm-hmm. God's saying, what God's wanting us to do. It can be that he wants us to live in the spirit instead of in our flesh. He wants us to be holy people, set mm-hmm. apart people. He wants us to remember that Jesus is coming back. All of these things can be connected to to the idea of good news, right? But the greatest news right the mm-hmm. good news the, the 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 most important foundational concept that we have as followers of Jesus Christ is that Jesus was crucified and risen to set me free mm-hmm. and so you see that that kind of takes on what we know now as the gospel yeah right but it really just meant this is the greatest news ever,
0: mm-hmm.
1: right? The greatest news ever. Jesus won. Jesus, we have hope. Yes, yeah. we have hope. We have salvation. We have mm-hmm. forgiveness. We have grace and peace, which he talks about in every, the beginning of mm-hmm. every letter, and we'll talk about it in a minute. But Paul's really going to lay that out. That's what he's going to talk about. He's going to mm-hmm. talk about the heart of the gospel, the assurance provided by the gospel, the promise of the gospel, the transformational power of this good news of what Jesus has done. And so that's really... Uh, a short summation of what the mm-hmm. gospel is and what we will be talking about at, on Sunday mornings and in podcasts as yeah. we talk about the book of Romans.
0: That's good. Well, I want to kind of um, put a little uh, question or a statement out there too for us to just dialogue a little bit. Yeah. I'm currently reading a book and I saw this quote that came across and it talked about the gospel in the church. And the context is sometimes the church can just become a building right. of programs, events, and things like that. Mm-hmm. And maybe the message of the gospel can get a little diluted or Mm -hmm. lost. So this is the quote, and I kind of want to hear your thoughts on it. Yeah, Um, This is from an author. He's also a pastor. He's the president right now of Fuller Seminary. Um, But his name is Mark Labberton. He says, The gospel and the church are not the same, but for many they are indistinguishable. When God's people fail to live our call as Christ followers, the church buries the gospel. That's where we are. That's the crisis we must face. Yeah. So, kind of give me some of your thoughts on mm-hmm. like we're talking about the gospel in this series, and there's also this maybe disconnect of yeah, is the church living out the gospel, the good news, or are they just trying to just organize people to do things? Yeah. Well, I think it, uh, you know, this is I think what he's trying to get
1: back to is, are we living our purpose? Mm-hmm. Are we yeah. living our mission? Are we living the most important thing that Jesus told us to do? Mm-hmm. You know, Matthew <laughs> in Matthew 29. Are we, or 28, 20, 19, yeah, and 20? Yeah. Are we are we therefore go and make disciples of all nations, mm-hmm. baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey all the commands I have given you? And lo, I am with you always to the very end of the age. Are we living that out? Are we actually going mm-hmm. and making disciples? Is that our mission? Are we doing that all the time? Or are we just kind of hanging out? Protecting ourselves from the world, saying, you know, how do we keep our nice little groups so that it's us four and no more? Um, you know, then mm-hmm. we've buried the gospel. As the church, we've buried it. We're not even living it. You know, in Acts mm-hmm. chapter one, Jesus said, What? Don't worry about when I'm coming back in, in verse eight. Don't, because the disciples were like, You know, are you going to tell us when you're coming back? Mm-hmm. And Jesus was like, No, no, no. You've missed it. Don't worry about when I'm coming back. The Holy Spirit's going to come on you and you will receive power and you'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and in the uttermost parts of the world to the ends of the earth. And so w- sometimes I think we can miss the call. We can miss what we're supposed to be doing. Mm-hmm. And so the gospel and the church are not the same. Now the church is supposed to be fulfilling the gospel, right, right. but sometimes we get it just gets convoluted. And I think you're right. We can end up just being a group of people that are socially dealing with biblical programs Mm -hmm. and teaching ourselves and educating ourselves and growing in knowledge and wisdom. And that's all good too. But are we reaching our city with the good news of Jesus? Mm -hmm. And that's different. That's totally different. And, um, I think we are called to do that. And that means that each of us, every single one of us individually have to learn, how do I tell my story? How do I tell somebody about Jesus Christ? That's probably the most important thing I can learn as a Christian. Mm -hmm. Um, Even though I totally believe that growing and learning God's word is super important for us and living in the spirit. I mean, all those things are important. But in the end, right, when we get to heaven, there's going to be only one thing prominent. I got there. Did I bring anybody else with me? I mean, it's going to become so apparent. Like in an instant, we will see Jesus and I think we will immediately recognize Oh, did I do the most important thing, which was get other people here. And that requires some challenging mm-hmm. things. It, it also requires thinking about your church in a different way. That is my church on mission or is my church just being a group of people that mm-hmm. don't want the world to touch us and impact mm-hmm. us? Because they're dirty and I'm clean. That, that's a bunch of nonsense. We're all dirty. <laughs> that's reality, right? Isn't yeah. that isn't that the message of the of the of the gospel? We're all dirty, and only Jesus is clean, and we need Him. Mm-hmm. It's not that we're cleaner than anybody else. That's a bunch of hooey. Mm-hmm. Um, and we didn't stop sinning when we got saved either. I'm mm-hmm. still doing it today, so I'm still dirty. Right. So um, th- you know, these are interesting things, and I think we have to get Mm -hmm. to a place and i think all of us as churches need to get to that place Mm -hmm. but i do think as a church culture in the united states we like being comfortable Mm -hmm. it's it's like our it's our pocket we like being comfortable and as i've always said when you're comfortable you don't want to do anything you want to do nothing And so it's really hard for us as Americans to get outside of our comfort zone and say, I need to share Jesus with my neighbor. Mm -hmm. I need to share Jesus with a coworker. I'm willing to be persecuted um, and thought of as weird because I share Jesus with others. And I'm willing, but I'm willing to do that because... The good news, what I mentioned on Sunday, mm-hmm. Paul said, I'm eager to share this with you. Right, yeah. like I'm eager. Gosh, I just can't wait to get into a conversation mm-hmm. with my coworker about who Jesus is. Yeah. Um, that kind of yeah. stuff, I think, needs to become needs to infiltrate us, each and yeah. every one of us personally, so that we're yeah. doing what we're called to do.
0: Another, I was just thinking of another little part in this book. and I just pulled it up again. Um, this guy, uh, Mark Labertini, was a pastor in Berkeley in a lot of culture and <laughs> tons of stuff happening there. And he was talking with an individual, super smart, but also just making a lot of bad choices. And the guy asked him about his church and he said, well, I meet people who are like Jesus at your church. That was a simple question. Mm. And the pastor was like, Oh, like you just had to like right. stop and think. And when I read that, I was like, Oh, you know, like, yeah. and I think, I think the answer would be yes. But also there's like this, like, what What does that look like? You right, know yeah, and there's always like little parts of this of this book that he kind of breaks down and stuff which are encouraging but also just really challenging. Mm-hmm. and and I, I was just thinking about that more last night and stuff. Um, and I, I believe that's where we're at as a general culture of church in America. Mm-hmm. Will people recognize Jesus mm-hmm. in the Church of America? It's a hard one to say yes to right. on a lot of things. There's moments, you know, mm-hmm. that kind of go up and down. And I think that, like you're saying, like, you have to be rooted in that call of the gospel mm-hmm. 24-7, mm-hmm. not just in those moments of church or of a small group. It's like, no, it's like when you're in your just normal day-to-day stuff, that's like where it's most important.
1: Mm-hmm. You know, when people are
0: like, man, am I seeing Jesus in my boss? Mm-hmm. He's a jerk. I thought right. he was a Christian, you know, whatever yeah. it is. And, <laughs> yeah. and man, but yeah, that was a challenging question that I was thinking through too of like, well, well, where the guy just asks, like, well, I meet people who are like Jesus. Right. He's like if you're talking about Jesus, well, I meet people who are like Jesus right. or I meet a bunch of hypocrites. Right. And they're just very self indulging people. Right. Just like culture. Boy,
1: that's a, that's a big question. Mm hmm. I'd like to ponder that one for a while yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because because the answer on one hand is yes, but on the other hand, it's no. I mean, it's yes because I hope we're living like Jesus, mm-hmm. but on the other hand, it's no because I'm not Jesus. Right. I'm human. And so I'm going to mess up once in a while. Mm-hmm. And what will happen when you see my mess up? You know, will mm-hmm. it be totally disappointing to you because we've created this culture where you have to look perfect mm-hmm. or is it okay For Mm -hmm. us in this culture to make mistakes and invite other people in that are making mistakes Mm -hmm. and that are broken and hurting and in pain. And is it okay to look like that sometimes as human beings and still be a Christ Mm -hmm. follower? And that, I think, is really challenging, too. Like how, how Mm -hmm. how to marry those two. Yeah. Is is a very fine, thin line. (laughs)
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: Um, that is uh, sometimes very convoluted with a whole Mm -hmm. bunch of challenges in there.
0: And I think that's a lot of what Paul's getting at, right? Exactly. Is re, I guess, cementing people of the church of who are followers Mm -hmm. of Jesus back into the simple gospel, right? And back into like, what is this? Yeah, it's it's Christ crucified, and He's risen to set me free. Right, that's the greatest news of all time. Like I can flow out of that in mm. massive ways because there's freedom in my life. I'm not. I don't have to be somebody important for my identity to feel good. It's like no, I'm already found in Christ. And right, I think that's what Paul's really going to be saying. Well, yeah, as, as we kind of unpack more and more throughout the series and stuff. But um, yeah, so I think. I think it will be fun even throughout this podcast time, throughout the summer, just to have some of those challenging email Absolutely. things because yeah. the gospel is good news, right? But it's challenging, and Romans
1: is really mm-hmm. a great book for that.
0: Totally, totally, yep, yeah. Well, and I um, think
1: um, verse five, yeah, talks a little bit about what we're yeah. Just I was just going to kind of
0: transition. So you were on Sunday preaching basically verses one. Chapter one, verses one through like 17. Right. And so you kind of hit a couple of main highlights and you can hear that message on the podcast or if you were there in person, great, Um, or on the live stream or whatever. But there's a few things that you obviously just can't hit within the time that you have. Um, And so you mentioned verse five. And so I want to kind of give you now the platform to maybe talk about more of what that is. Right. Yeah,
1: I think one of the things that we'll want to do through the podcast is definitely touch on things, you know, as you and I are preaching and Kate and other people as well, Romans is very broad. And so when you say, hey, we're going to try to hit a topic in this chapter, gosh, there's 50 topics in that chapter. Mm-hmm. Right. So it's kind of like I'm I'm going to do my best to mm-hmm. to make sense while I'm standing in front of people talking yeah. and talk about the simple gospel. But there's also going to be all this underlying richness that's just hanging there, you know, this low hanging fruit that you want to pick and grab, but you've only got, you know, 30 to 35 minutes to try to Mm -hmm. pack something together on Sunday morning. So we're going to unpack some of those things together Mm -hmm. in in our podcast. And so if you're listening to our podcast, I hope you'll listen all summer because we're going to really dive in. And one of the things that I want to just touch on, I want to touch on a couple things, and one of them's in verse 5, and it it goes right to what we were just talking about. In verse 5, Paul says, through him, Jesus, we received grace and apostleship to call all the Gentiles to the obedience that comes from faith for his namesake. And there's something really, really powerful about that statement that is cross-cultural and counter-cultural at the exact same time and let me explain that. What Paul is saying is that the message of Jesus Christ, the gospel, the good news of Jesus is for everyone. It's for all the Gentiles. Now you remember, this is is somewhat of a Jewish concept, right? For the Jewish people, there was only Jews and everybody else. (laughs) There's us and everybody else. So all the other people groups on the planet, all the other races, all the other nations, all the other languages, all the other tongues and tribes, and everyone else on the planet. Everyone else, you're a Gentile. And what Paul is saying is the gospel is for you. It's for every single person on the planet. Now, that's powerful because, mm-hmm. number one, the Jews were not communicating that. <laughs> right. They had they had stopped communicating that. By the way, that was wrong. They were not to be um, self-focused and you know us us for no more mm-hmm. they were not to they were actually meant to be the people of god to take right. the message of god to the entire world but they didn't do that they hogged relationship with god for themselves and so what paul is saying is this message about jesus christ is is for jew and gentile it's for everyone now that is a new concept mm-hmm. and let me tell you why it's new for several reasons it's new to the jew because the jew would think um, God's only for me. He's, he's only for the chosen people of Israel, right? He's not to be, um, there are exceptions to that rule where a Gentile might proselyte and come into Judaism, but they still need to follow all the rules of Judaism. Mm -hmm. They need to get circumcised. They need to do, you know, they need to start acting just like a Jew. They need to start Mm -hmm. acting like us. They need to start doing all the things we do. Mm -hmm. And Paul, in Romans is going to say, no, that's not how it works. Mm -hmm. Um, but the concept that Gentiles could be saved is a somewhat of a foreign concept to a Jew. It's also a foreign concept to a Gentile. And here's why every people group, every nation, every group of people, they all had their own gods. The -hmm. Greeks had their gods, The Romans had their gods. You would go to a a tribe somewhere in North Africa. They would have their own gods. Every tribe and people group and community, they -hmm. were making up their own gods. And they thought their gods were better than your gods. Mm -hmm. And many times that's why they were going to war. (laughs) They were simply going to war to say, our God is better than your God. It sounds ridiculous that you would go to war because of that. But that's actually what was happening for thousands of years. The whole purpose of a battle was to say, our God is better than your God, which they were both false gods. So it actually meant nothing. (laughs) So we're killing thousands of people, Mm -hmm. well, probably millions and hundreds of millions of people for all of time, all for the sake of this crazy idea, this crazy notion. And what Paul is saying is as a Gentile, what you also need to understand is there is one God for all of us. Every single one of us Mm -hmm. needs to know our creator our sustainer, the one who made us and that we as mankind, as humanity, all together in unity have one God to serve and he is Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. And that's good news. And so this idea that the gospel is for everyone is huge. Yeah, It's mind blowing. That's why in Athens and in Rome and other places, When people hear the gospel and they hear it presented to them like Paul does, they're like, "Uh, we want to hear more about that. That's such a foreign concept. Mm -hmm. And man, it sounds really good. Could you come back and talk to us about that? So that's why it's such a foreign idea philosophically, mentally, and spiritually that the gospel is, is a message that is so important. Which leads us right into verse 6. Where in verse 6, Paul says, And you also are among those Gentiles who are called to belong to Jesus Christ. And I, when I read that, um, I, it was something that I wanted to spend more time on, but was just going different directions on Sunday morning. But I love that phrase, called to belong. Mm-hmm. And I thought, isn't that what we all want?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. I mean, when you think about... Where we're at as Americans, this is exactly what we want. Mm-hmm. We want to belong. And by the way, we go through the greatest lengths in the world to belong. We yeah. give in to peer pressure. We keep up with the Joneses. We want to belong to a group. Yeah. And it doesn't really matter what the group is. You know, it's It's its own subgroup. <clears throat> Whatever that subgroup is, we want to belong to it, and we'll do whatever it takes. We'll dress like that subgroup. We'll act like that subgroup. We'll talk like that subgroup. As long as it's a group where I'm going to belong and not get kicked out of because I, I keep up with their rules and their philosophy in their little subgroup, I will belong to something. And so we're all searching and longing and even sometimes doing very unhealthy things just to belong. Mm-hmm. And what Paul comes along and says is, hey, mm-hmm. you you do belong. And you belong to something so much bigger and so much more wonderful and so much more powerful and so much more loving and grace-filled and peace-filled and mm-hmm. all of that. And that's the gospel of Jesus Christ. Yeah. And you can be part yeah. of something eternal, not temporal.
0: Yeah, I think something that I kind of want to even end on too in this conversation you mentioned it earlier, about how Paul has this theme of grace and peace mm-hmm. in a lot of his mm-hmm. writings and letters, and he mentions this—that's right—at the end of verse seven, kind of almost yep. like in his like end of his in, of his introduction. Is kind exactly. of exactly, like yeah, whatever. And so in my translation, he just kind of—it's it's a separate line in, right. the, in the NLT, and it might be yeah. that in the NIV. I can't mm-hmm. I can't see it, but yeah, it does. And it just he just says, "May God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ give you grace and peace." Yep. Um, so why is that such an important thing that he always? Talks mm-hmm. about like in his Pauline theology in yeah. his letters and stuff.
1: Yeah, it's actually the intro to almost every single mm-hmm, letter that right. he writes. Grace and peace to you in the Lord Jesus mm-hmm. Christ. Well, it's it's huge, right? It's these two words, grace and peace. And the first one is grace. Mm-hmm. And and it's um that God is giving us grace. Through mm-hmm. Jesus, we get grace. And that means that our sin is not counted against us. Mm-hmm. It's no longer a part of my life. It's no it's no longer attached to me. It's been forgiven from me. Mm-hmm. I'm not a slave to it anymore. I'm a slave to righteousness. I'm a slave to Christ. And so um, this idea of grace is this moment where God says, I love you. Mm-hmm. I cherish you. You're the most important thing to me on this planet. Mm-hmm. And I want to pour out relationship yeah. into you. This is grace. This, And that's why we call it amazing. Right. This is <laughs> <Yeah>. amazing. <clears throat> Holy mackerel. Why would God do this? And just love us this way. Mm-hmm. It's so important, you know. And then the second one is peace. Um, you know, it's interesting that we, in in many ways, we live in a much more peaceful time today mm-hmm. than they did in the first yeah. century. I yeah, mean, sure. at any point, any Roman authority could take your life. I mm-hmm. mean, there is just, they could walk into your house and kill your whole family and mm-hmm. nobody would even blink an eye. It's just what was happening randomly. Yeah and purposefully everywhere on the planet that was under the authority of Rome. So the idea of peace was huge back then as well. You know, we even want peace here today. You know, we're like, at any point, we kind of feel like there's a little bit of fear. Could Mm -hmm. something happen? Could another shooting happen? Could whatever, you know, we kind of want to live at peace. But what Paul is really talking about here is not only can that happen in a pseudo-type way when you believe in Jesus Christ, but he's really talking about peace with God.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: That peace is the most important Mm peace. Because if we haven't figured out peace with God, then all of eternity will be lost for us. Mm -hmm. So we might not be able to make everything work out all right while we're here on earth, but I certainly can make it all right for Mm -hmm. eternity. But in order to do that, I have to have peace with God, the father. Mm -hmm. And the way that I get peace with God, the father is through Jesus Christ, because Jesus Christ was crucified and risen to set me free. And when I believe in Jesus Christ and I put my faith in Jesus Christ, Mm -hmm. then that peace that Philippians four says surpasses all my understanding. So it's even beyond my mental processing Mm -hmm. because it's spiritual, not mental. I become now a person that is impacted by the peace of God in such a transferable Mm -hmm. way that there are times where I can't even understand why I'm at peace because I should be afraid. Normally in my life before Jesus, when this situation happened, I'd be afraid, Mm -hmm. but I'm not now. And I'm not because I have the hope of Jesus Christ Mm -hmm. in my life. He's resident inside me. The Holy Spirit is working in me. Mm -hmm. And, And I can actually say, even if you take my life, I'm okay with that yeah. because the moment you take my life, I'm going to heaven. So what's Come bad me, with that? Brad.
0: Come at me. You're, that's right. <laughs>
1: Come at me. What do you, I mean, what could you possibly do to, right. to hurt me or to mm-hmm. take this hope away? There's nothing you can do. I'm yeah. always at perfect peace because Rome, even you can't take away mm-hmm. my peace. Yeah. You could crucify me just like you did to Jesus. You still can't take away my peace. You still can't take away grace. There are things that are bigger and more powerful than you mm-hmm. that even as the emperor, you can't take away from me. Right. And these things are eternal and they're spiritual mm-hmm. and they're so much bigger than you that mm-hmm. you can't take them away. So Paul yeah. always is talking about this grace and peace yeah. through Jesus Christ through the good news Mm -hmm. of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so those two things, I'm glad you brought them up because they're enormous. They're huge. And that's why he talks about it at the beginning of every
0: letter. Yeah. It's good stuff. I think like like what you're saying relates back to even verse six, that we're called to belong to Christ Jesus. Like we've, we've we've been created to be in relationship with God. And since the fall, we've not been in relationship unless it's through Christ Jesus. And Mm -hmm. so Now we can restore that relationship and have rest and peace with that restlessness. Exactly. We're not back on how we were created to be Mm -hmm. with God. And so that idea
1: of the God-shaped hole in our Mm -hmm. heart, you know, that all of us have this God-shaped hole in our heart. And we're always just kind of wandering around like, what's missing? Gosh, I have everything.
0: What is missing? Mm -hmm. What's missing is
1: relationship with your heavenly father,
0: Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit. That's good. Well, cool. Well, I think this is a good kind of intro um, for just this summer podcast series going through the Book of Romans. Um, So yeah, we're going to continue just to kind of unpack throughout the chapters as we go. And as a church, our kind of, I guess, um, challenge is we're going to read through the Book of Romans three times this summer. So once in June, once in July, and once in August. Um, We have scripture journals at the church you can pick up and use to kind of use as a base. Every month we're going to kind of give some more uh, resources slash methods to just journal and make it fresh um, as we're going through this book of Romans. But like we've been saying, it's it's a deep book. It's a really fun, fascinating letter that Paul writes. And so I think it's a really good thing that we kind of get really familiar with what Paul is saying. So by the third time reading it, hopefully it's not like, oh, I've already read this. It's like, whoa, I didn't notice that right <laughs> the other two yes, times. And right. that's kind of like our hope and prayer is that it would just mm-hmm. really um, spark a lot of like, oh, I've never seen that before. Weird. Right. You can kind of get deeper into some of those little nuances that mm-hmm. are written in there. So, yeah, so that's kind of what we'll be doing throughout this summer. And it'll it'll be a fun fun will. study. So
1: Yeah. And I want to encourage you, you know, if you're <clears throat> part of Cheney Faith Center, then you know, talk about the Book of Romans all summer mm-hmm. with... You know, people that go to our church and friends that you know that are believers. It's just a great launching point for great conversation about Jesus.
0: Yeah, it's good stuff. All right. I think we're out for the day then. Sounds good. All right. All right. Bye, everyone.